0: welcome to another episode of the record spinner podcast i believe this is now episode number 18 i think um this title of the title of this email or the title of this email the title of this episode is going to be emails i fucking got emails actually it was i got fucking emails but i fucking got emails works right that works Anyway, uh, again, thank you and welcome to the Record Spinner Podcast, where we discuss all things black music and vinyl. That's it. Black music vinyl. That's what we do here. Anyway, uh, I don't really have a topic for this episode. I was looking at all of the shows that I've wrote or written for for the upcoming uh, season i was looking at all of the shows that i, uh, I have written um and, and none of them really really struck a chord with me uh as far as how i'm feeling this weekend with everything that's going on i'll get into some of that and so i was like yeah let's just go let's just go in commando man let's go in with no topic i got some emails i got some uh responses from fans and listeners so i'm going to be reading some of your responses today and emails i got a really heartfelt email from uh, an old colleague of mine out in danville back when i was on the campaign trail uh we both live in dc now so i don't i don't know why we don't get together more but that's because kind of i'm like a shut-in so you know whatever i'm excused right um yeah, I got a really heartfelt email from an old homie that I'll get to, and I got a lot of updates, lots of updates. So without any further ado, let's hop right in, right? Let's get let's get going. Um, first and foremost, the National Guard is in my backyard. Uh, I was going out, I was going out this evening, uh, to grab some drink, you know my weekend drink gotta get my you know my, my lean my scissor herb. sipping on some scissor herb. Like I, you know i had to go get my stuff right um and yeah like right here on h street right here you know it's barricaded the h street bridge is now cut off redirecting traffic down fourth street in my city national guard it is crazy, and so with that said, I want everybody to stay safe, man. I want you to stay safe, stay vigilant. I'm not super comfortable about everything that's going on. Um, you don't, you don't pay to listen to, to my opinions though on on what, on the state of what's going on. Uh, maybe that will be another project if you do care to listen. Um, I do have a homeboy G though who does a, a political um, opinion show and so you should check his uh show out that is millennial logic i'll link it in this episode here the the description and uh you can go check out some some educated and insightful um opinions about the state of of our country in a political sense um g is a very intelligent brother who who i completely co with uh listening to his perspective um as far as political stuff Um, I will have him on the show, of course, uh, for one of my more political shows, I guess. Um, But in the meantime, again, everyone stay safe and vigilant. Um, Know where you're going, know where you're at. Inform all my black people, please stay low, stay real low this week. And I'm not saying that on some scary Negro shit, right? I'm, I'm saying that because I am feeling completely uncomfortable about the state of things currently. That is it. I don't know who the actors are, I don't know who the people are, the players are, but something's going on, and so, stay vigilant, stay low, to my people, Um, let's see, what else, oh yeah, I got a whole bunch of new equipment, Um, new equipment that costed me money, Did you hear that, ching, 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 costed me a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of money that I ain't got, I'm kidding, but. Um, I went home for Christmas. I told you guys about that and uh, I talked to my dad about my podcast and I showed him my podcast thinking that like he was gonna be super impressed right like super impressed with like you know the sound and the quality. And my dad's an audiophile. My dad he he's a he's a not a radio DJ. he's a turntable DJ he's a wedding DJ party DJ whatever those that name is for DJs. He's like a you know a, a DJ DJ right? And so he has a really good ear and so like the first thing he told me was like hey like yeah you need to get you need to get some new mics or something like that and i was like what like and i remember driving back home and i was talking to my girlfriend and i was like all like kind of heartbroken i was like my dad said um it don't sound good like so i've been putting out trash this entire time and my girlfriend you know she's awesome and so she was like no like you have a great show you've been putting out really good stuff the sound quality is fine. Your dad is just very particular. That's all it is. Who knows? Maybe she's right. Maybe she's right, right? Or well, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Either way, I ran out and got me a whole bunch of equipment, not a whole bunch, but you know a decent amount worth. Uh, more than I should have been spending on on fucking podcasting equipment. But um, but yeah, I, w- I want to know feedback if uh, if you hear any differences, if you think it's better sounding, worse sounding, whatever. I'd like to know your opinion on that. So um, and thanks, Pops, for for the advice. Uh, you're going to you're definitely going to give me some money for this, too. Um, that leads me to my plug, though. So, you know, let me know what you think about the podcast, the way it sounds, the content, anything that I do during the show. Um, let me know. You can do that by emailing me at the Record Spinner Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on all social media. That's like Instagram and Twitter mostly. I don't have anything else really. Uh, no TikTok, no Twitch, no uh, what's the other one? Uh, what's the shit everyone's doing out? Clubhouse and shit like that. I don't do any of that. Probably won't do any of that. But um, yeah, find me on IG and Twitter at Rebirth of the Cool. And of course, you can check out the website where I'm trying to start that forum. And you guys are being very disrespectful about that. So get on it. Go to the website, check out the forum page, sign up for the forum so we can get this thing started, man. So we can become a community and that community grows into something else. I'm not trying to preach here. I'm trying to build a community. I'm not trying to be the only voice. I'm trying to share the platform with other voices, other people who have other perspectives on music. So let's let's get it started, man. Let's, you know, in the words of the Black Eyed Peas, let's get it started in here, man. Let's get it started. Come on. You can do that at therecordspinner.com. Check out the website. Check out the forum. That's the only time I'm going to plug until the very end, of course. So, so yeah, I'm glad I got that out of the way. Whew that's done all right moving right along um the the next thing actually is kind of sad um i'm gonna be switching platforms so this is just like an fyi i guess like if you do notice anything weird or uh can't access episode episodes or playback certain episodes having trouble with uh listening to anything at all um in involving the record spinner podcast do let me know at the emails that I, at the email that I just mentioned or on the social media, hop into the DMs and, um, and let me know, let me know, Hey, like I can't play any episode because, you know, maybe something technical is going on. And like I said, I handle all the stuff, all the, every aspect of the podcast is mine. It's, it's no one else's at this point. So gotta be on my toes. So I need your help with that. Um, anyway final uh, record delay is kind of my last bit of updates here and and that's a weird one so I, I noted this a few weeks back with uh, or a few months back now sorry I'm kind of bad with time but um, a few months back I noted this with the uh, with the Germany stuff right so that's international shipping It can be a little tricky sometimes sometimes it can be lengthy even and, and I understand this like international shipping is a beast. Uh, especially in the current environment uh, that we find ourselves in Um, lots of delays lots of pushbacks lots of crazy stuff going on i totally understand but i have a few domestic orders that i have from discogs um from stone's throw amazon ebay All places I have about I have about maybe 15 to 20 outstanding orders outstanding records that are all paid right Uh, they got my money but I have no record and um, I hate when that happens because it always makes me feel naked and scammed and and dirty and ugly so it's weird Uh, I think there's uh, some shipping delays going on though around the country and and I'm well aware of those so that has made me a little bit more patient Um, about what's going on and then in addition to that uh, one of the the vinyl groups i'm a part of on facebook uh, that seems to be a common thread of delayed vinyl records getting to to people who place the orders i made a really uh insensitive remark to one of the, the the guys who who said that they were having some issues with some records internationally and I said, thank God for local record stores. And I think this guy's like in bumfuck nowhere, Wisconsin or something. And he was like, "Like, I don't have any local record stores. And I was like, oh, I'll just stop talking. <laughs> but yeah, thank God for the local record stores. Because I've still been uh, been doing some little record shopping here and there. I uh, bought uh, Yusef Latif's Eastern Sounds. And of course, Roy Ayers and the Ubiquity, uh, Everybody Loves the Sunshine. I bought this record like maybe seven times i think i have like three different copies in my collection it's absolutely crazy i've given one away to like a friend for a birthday um i have so many copies of this record it's ridiculous but it is one of my favorite records so whatever um it kind of goes into the focus of of the show um or this next segment, rather. And that is the vinyl recommendations. Now, with the vinyl recommendations, of course, that's every week I try to bring you guys a record that I highly recommend you go check out and listen to and potentially buy on vinyl if you can or if you want to. Um, and so this week I have a vinyl recommendation that is definitely a classic. Now, last week I brought you kind of like an under. Uh, an underground heater right like and and i'll do that from from time to time i'll bring you like some like secret like hey check this record out but no this record everyone in the vinyl community knows about it everyone in the jazz community knows about it it's a really big deal it's the real mccoy from mccoy tyner now this record is from mccoy tyner's blue note 1967 release um this is featuring joe henderson ron carter and elvin jones all jazz heavyweights i mean i'm talking about creme de la creme of jazz music here if we're talking about lineups and this album is a classic example of the amazing nature of post-bop and traditionally structured afro-american classical music that's what we're going to call it not jazz miles davis hated that word jazz he hated it i recently read this in- interesting little article about how jazz derives from some like derogatory phrase that some white man named all some years ago about the nature of of black music and here we are all saying it I don't know how true it is it hasn't been you know all the fact checks and all that stuff but you know it, it's it sounds like it has some validity to it um one because I, I i give no passes when it comes to hearing something bad that some some white guys doing right i believe that shit right off right off rip like yeah oh white guy stabs three people yeah he did that shit. definitely <laughs> definitely did that shit. i can see it um but yeah I, also just I, again the, just knowing what I know about jazz from from reading up on Miles Davis and and being like I said a Miles Davis scholar, quote unquote, right? He did not like that word at all. He uh, he didn't like calling himself a jazz musician. He liked to call it social music, and and I, I took it a step further, and I like to call it Afro American classical music because that's what it is. It's classical music, so. Anyway, uh, definitely check that record out. Uh, again, that record's from Blue Note, 1967, um, and it's it's an absolute classic, man. So uh, you won't be disappointed by this. It's, it's a prime example of uh, everything that was right about the post-bop and the traditional jazz era in black music. So check it out. You'll love it, and you'll thank me later. Alrighty, so moving into I guess what is the main topic? There is no main topic. This is a, you know a free-for-all show essentially. but I do have some emails to answer and so I think I'm gonna do that here on the show. I'm gonna answer some emails and I have a, I have three that I'm deciding to, to answer. two from some strangers, one from a friend that's not really a question either so I'll save that one for the end it's kind of a more heartfelt reminder of how much doom MF doom meant to me so so stay tuned for that but let's hop right into these uh, first emails the first one comes from uh, sue out of Pennsylvania great state great state Uh, I like Pennsylvania i when I say I like Pennsylvania I mean I like Pittsburgh and I like Philadelphia um all the rest of that stuff i don't know whatever um but so i hope you're from one of those two areas or else i really just insulted you so i'm sorry um but uh but sue from pennsylvania asks why vinyl a perennial question uh, she goes on to explain i totally understand the importance of learning our history and music no nah, i think she means black like like black music but is there a difference in sound of playing vinyl versus streaming, with streaming music on good speakers? Such a great question. Absolutely great question. She ends it out on and saying, what is the uniqueness of records? So it's a a three-pronged question. I really like the first one. It's very philosophical. And so I'll start with why vinyl and I'll try to make it really quick why vinyl for me it's a number of reasons it's the nostalgic sound uh what i mean by that is like i like records that do have a little bit of imperfection not i'm an audiophile to a degree so i don't like i don't like the volume being out of place or out of whack um i don't like uh the pressing to be too dirty or even too clean in that in that regard um, there there is a certain level of like I said imperfection that I like so uh, the popping as long as it's not major pops that then of course lead to skips um, I think those little p- 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 you'll hear them sometimes in records those are butter on popcorn and of course uh, the, my main reason for loving vinyl is the album artwork this is a lost art unto itself when it comes to thinking about like what the kids are into and, and and what the kids are valuing or what we value right as younger adults but album artwork used to be a thing i i still think it's a thing i still want to be able to hold the album and look at the album you know, what album made me do that, right? What made, what album made me want to do that, rather? MF Doom, Mad Villainy. The album cover is just so weird yet so regular. Of course, there, there's a lot of history behind that record. Uh, apparently, it's like a spoof off of the Madonna album that's kind of reminiscent of the same thing, uh, same concept of like a grayscale with a little little square in the corner. Uh, with just a a facial profile picture. I don't know how true that is, um, but either way, just seeing how the mask has that that little shadow of Doom's face, and it's just a perfect record, record to look at and hold and just have in your possession. Another record that made me realize this is Bitches Brew, which is one of my first grabs when I first moved to D.C., a colleague actually uh got that record for me um after he found out that uh I was you know collecting records um so shout out to Jacob uh <laughs> Jacob you know who you are um but uh but yeah he he got me that record uh, bitches brew brought it into the office and set it on my desk and I just remember picking it up and 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 if you know what bitches brew the album cover looks like it's just such a gripping album cover it's like you're standing with the with these two people, this woman and this man, at the ends of the earth, looking into the water and essentially looking up at this black face that is staring, of course, back down at you, reminiscent of some God-like person. Vinyl artwork is super important, man. And, and I can't stress this enough, how important it is for me to have the artwork in hand, to have that piece of art just be, just for me to be able to grab it and walk around with it and listen to it on a turntable while doing something else, maybe reading the back of it, maybe reading some of what's inside on, if it's a gatefold, maybe cooking while just looking at the record every, every so often, right? Like that's really what I do. I, I cook most of the time when I'm listening to my music. And of course, like when I look over at, at the record, it's not looking it's not like looking at my screen it's, it's looking at a piece of art it's like looking at my walls that are full of art it's no different it's it's art the artwork is so important to me so why vinyl for me is artwork that in the in the nostalgia of the popping sound the small pops not the big pops that are are, are signals of your record being damaged um i like the smaller pops the, those things are beautiful. Um, and yeah, they take me back to, to a different time, put my head in a total different space. When I hear uh, like a Billie Holiday or a, or a Nina Simone record or a Miles Davis record and they got some of those pops in it, I'm almost instantly transported to like the Har- the Harlem Renaissance in Harlem 19. 1940 1950 1930 you know whenever like but like that time period just like some time period way back when uh when when black people knew that we were all we had and we treated each other like it you know not like today so whatever um the other question she's she asked uh, uh, very important questions all of the follow-up of course she goes on to say to ask if there's any difference between um, playing vinyl and just streaming music with really good speakers. I would have to answer that there is a huge difference in in that. And okay, so there's a huge difference, but at the same time, no, there's not a huge difference. So I'll explain. I listen to a lot of music via streaming services. I have a really good pair of headphones. I have a few good pair of headphones. I have some for my turntable audio technicas and then i have some like earbuds for you know uh, some beats earbuds for you know my phone and other devices right it's important sound is important to me so what i will do is say that if you have the right equipment for like your phone device and you're listening to to music uh, on streaming platforms and you have a good speaker like a bose or beats or sony or whoever makes good speakers and headphones if you have that yeah yeah of course it's just it's the same or maybe a little maybe a little less better if that makes any sense like maybe a little less quality in the streaming and the good headphones but because like there's so many variables to that right like you could have a a turntable with some really weak speakers I've seen that. I've had that. Um, You could also have really good speakers and a really janky record. Like, I've seen that. I've had that. You have really good speakers, really good turntable. But the issue of the record is whack. Like, I'm thinking about uh, that Mad Lib record, Shades Shades of Blue, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, Shades of Blue or something like that and i had a really bad pressing of that record and i don't know if if others out there understand or agree or agree but there was a really bad pressing of that record that was like mass produced and it just didn't sound good at all so um that's a good example of like oh yeah if i listen to this same album shades of blue on (laughs) if i listen to this on you know spotify it's gonna be way better than this pressing so you know it's it's kind of equatable, I guess. So I hope that answers your question. Like that's a yes and no. Like of course, if you have good speakers, if you have a good head, if you have a good pair of headphones, like obviously yes. Like you, you're, you're in the clear. Like you can listen to most stuff, and get the full experience with it, or right under the full experience with it. But there's nothing like putting that disc down on that turntable and then walking away and having that music fill the room that you're in while you're able to do something else i think that that's the best feeling in the world that's just me though i can't speak for anybody else there's some audiophiles who will definitely disagree with that uh with that synopsis that i gave about uh the good speakers uh versus a good turntable um but yeah i'm like half an audiophile i'm not i'm a purist i'm not an audiophile so you know talk to an audiophile if you're really concerned about the sound quality but other than that, I think you should be good. So I'm gonna move right along to uh, the second question. The second question I got was from David, who, who is from D.C. I wonder what quadrant in D.C. a neighborhood, of course. Um, I, I used to work with a David, so I, I don't know if this is you. If it is, I, I didn't like you that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I hope that um, hope that we're cool. Whatever. David has a really good question for me and he goes on to ask, who do you feel, who do you feel like has the bulk of the listeners of jazz music? And and I didn't quite understand the question until he continued, so, so stay with me. I'm curious because you talk about wanting jazz music to be appreciated by black listeners and not only white audiences. Starting to sound a little angry. Um but was there a trend of black audiences abandoning jazz music and the main listenership becoming white first of all david i gotta give you an applause man i don't know if you're upset at me or not but that was a really good question really good question man um loaded question i'm not a jazz historian first and foremost i want to let everyone know that so this question is strictly subjective and it's from the opinion of a person who is well studied in it but not again i'm not a historian i'm not you know i'm not like you know i don't I, I don't know a lot about the history of audiences and how audiences were cultivated and such but i can tell you this it's very easy to look into the shift whenever the shift does happen and, and so to answer your question very briefly yes black audiences do abandon jazz music now this isn't some malicious abandon abandonment right this isn't some i've had it with jazz musicians they are so pretentious we're done right it doesn't quite work like that um if if you've seen any time time period movie anything from uh, ma rainey's black bottom on down to uh malcolm x done by spike lee these movies, they, in the backdrop, well, Mont Rainey's is more about the thing I'm about to talk about, but Malcolm X, it's always in the backdrop, these, these films, showing you how the audience of black jazz music, especially early on, we patronized this music. This was social music. Again, I said I said this earlier with talking about Miles Davis, but this was our social music. This was what we went to go dance to, what we went to go party to, what we went to drink to, what we went to relieve stress after a long, hard week. We would go and see a good big band or even a good quintet or a good uh, quartet, sextet. We would go and see live music. This has been the case from jazz to blues and soul rock and roll even Uh, rock and roll a little less but we've always done that as fans of black art and black music the abandoning comes i think due to a few different things one of which is the popularization of blues and rock and roll that kind of takes a place if you will of being social music for jazz. Now, I'll say, jazz always kind of stays black, especially among, I think, certain class of black people. But that also ties into one of the reasons why it was abandoned by the mass of black people. Black people have always been pioneering people we've always been oh we did this we mastered this we created this okay let's do something else let's do something else got it that's always been kind of in our nature like it's just a thing so it it doesn't change with like genres and audiences like once we feel like something's played its course or or played out uh, we're kind of on to the next one and and it's no fault of anyone other than the people the, who popularize the next big thing and then again this goes into a class discussion because there's a bit of exploitation that goes into what that next thing what that next thing is right um So, yeah, I I, I want to kind of delve in deeper into your question. It's an amazing question, David, Uh, one that I want to talk about in future episodes, write an entire show around um, because I can kind of draw a timeline for you. Um, There are movies that show great examples of what white music execs would do to make urban or black music popular among white middle class people. Things to the effect of recording a new, recording a white, a white group to record the same music that this black group, they saw this black group do live. That used to happen all the time. In the later days, of course, it was having the black group do the recording, but of course, having a picture of a white group look like they were the ones that did the recording, or you know, looking like it's a white group that's featured on the record you'll see this on a lot of like bop and post-bop records especially where there'll be a white woman and a white man on a record cover and you'll be like oh like this must be this must be like uh, <laughs> this must be like stan Getz or something like that and nope it's you know it'll be you know max Ro- max roach or you know or donald bird or something like that you know like that happened a lot and so this exploitation is what i'm talking about when i say exploitation is uh, i mean there's a little bit of trickery that goes on with the record industry to kind of make certain groups feel like this music is for them and exclude the group who is actually for there are certain class groups of black people who take advantage of this. And, and when I say class, I mean like the bourgeoisie, the, the boule group, right? Um, there are certain groups of blacks who, who take advantage of this as well, and they know better, they know better because they're educated and, and well-versed in and, and marketing and all that good stuff. So they know that the name Donald Byrd or the name Max Roach, that doesn't, those those people are black. Those that This is black music now the cover is white now the imagery is going to sell to who white people and poor blacks that's going to tell them who this record is for so yeah we kind of all have a responsibility in this in this weird soup that uh we find ourselves in when when asking the question of why the mass of black people feel like jazz is isn't really for them it's very important to know that jazz is for all black people. There's there all types of jazz music that is for, again, all black people. When I fell in love with jazz, it was through the spiritual and experimental jazz stuff. Some people may fall in love with the bop and the, 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 the structured, uh, fragmented uh, method of playing bop and post bop and hard bop jazz. Some people may find the cool jazz to be their thing right so there's all types of uh types of avenues and 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 areas that you can get into and and that is again one of the purposes of the show is to try and uh recreate that among um some of uh some of some of the black people who i feel like have been accused of abandoning jazz right these these classes that feel like no jazz isn't Jazz is a highbrow thing. It's not a. It's not for me. I like hip hop. I like I like, I like trap music. I like whatever. Like, you can also like jazz. You can. You can do both. <laughs> you know. Um. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, I don't have much time here, so I want to wrap this up soon. David, that was an amazing question, though. I really appreciate that. David from D.C. Sound kind of like a Northwest question, though. But you know, um, maybe maybe it was a Southeast question. You know what I mean when I say that. Anyway, um, let's get to the final question um, or final email. Uh, this was from an old friend of mine on the campaign trail We're a colleague. We worked together on the Obama campaign in 2012 in Danville, Virginia. Kept it blue for 2012. Part of the big, big strategy of flipping Virginia. Now, you know, we talk about flipping Georgia. We flipped Virginia. Fun fact, fun thing to note here is I was paid by President Obama in his campaign to get him reelected, but I did not vote for him in this election. In 2012, I mean. In 2012, I voted for Rocky Anderson, and I remember joking with this guy. And I remember joking with this guy, Justin, about why I was voting for Rocky Anderson. <laughs> Justin's such a good guy. Uh, I I really appreciate the email, and uh, rest in peace to our our other colleague, Jason, who is gone but not forgotten, passed away back in, I believe, 2013, 2014, maybe, Um, yeah, we were like the three amigos down in Southwest Virginia, man, that was, we were, we was the squad, so, anyway, uh, his question is, uh, Doom's death a couple of months ago had me, thinking about a conversation we had back in Danville. If I remember it correctly, I was saying that Ghostface Killer was my favorite rapper because he was on a quest to use every word in the English English language. And you said the same thing was true of Doom, MF Doom. I meant to check him out after that, but I never got around to it. His death made me think about him for the first time in a while and I started listening to him recently. Dude, holy shit. I can't believe it took me this long to get into him. Anyway, hope all is well. It's important, man. Stuff like this, emails like this just remind me of How important it is to just spread the word sometimes. And just give your perspective sometimes. Maybe, yeah. I'm very much like Justin. Like, you tell me to check out something. I had colleagues telling me two or three years ago to check out Tyler, the Creator's Project. Guess who still hasn't listened to Tyler, the Creator's Project? Me. (laughs) We do stuff in our own time. So I totally understand, Justin. Totally understand. But I'm glad that you finally are a Doom fan. Perspective is important and, uh, and I can't believe I was that that ignorant or not ignorant but that like annoying kid running around talking talking about doom every every fucking day but that was who I was <laughs> that was me <laughs> um, yeah that was cool man uh, hit me up I know you're in the area I know you live in DC too so um, we should get together soon That's my time. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Stay safe out there, of course.